This is the Influencers Network podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. And uh, I'm back for part two of my interview with Scott Johnson from uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Welcome, Scott. Scott L. Johnson, uh, to be exact. And uh, anyway, we were, uh, Scott, we were talking uh, last week about um, lust and and what, where that leads to, you know, leads to adultery, a lot of places. But uh really honing in on pornography because it obviously is a very big problem. You you quoted a statistic last week that said 64% of men, Christian and non, view porn monthly. Um, that's a big number. And and I think it, for all the men out there who've done men's journey groups and all that, they know that this is real. I mean, they've heard, if, if they're not struggling with it, they know somebody who is, if, if, they've, if people are being honest. So uh, so where we left off, Scott, was you were saying there are seven victims. You said, really, maybe you might add an eighth. Eight victims to pornography. And your first one was uh, the, the victim, number one, could be your, your life, <laughs> your, your pretty right. good life that you think you have. Uh, victim number two is your sex life. Um, it can really interfere with, with your sex life. And that's where we left off. So I'll let you pick it up from there. Well, I'll tell you what, Brian, since since a week's gone by, since guys heard the first part, I, I think it might be worth elaborating on these two because they're kind of intriguing. If a guy didn't hear the, the podcast last time, you know, most of us guys, if you think about your life right now, if I if you were in a room full of guys and I asked you to raise your hand, if you feel like your life's pretty good, most of you, I can tell you from experience, would raise your hands. A small number of you are going through a valley or a really hard time right now, and you would say, you know, it really isn't. But most of you would say, yeah, you know, there's a few things I wish were better, but my life's pretty good. I, you know, the things are okay with the wife, things are good with the kids. I got a, a decent job. We got food on the table and all that. But um, I'll, I'll just repeat this real quickly, Brian, from what we talked about last time. 40% of sex addicts lose their spouses. So they lose their marriages. And I want you to think about this. When you lose your spouse, you lose your family. Even if you have partial custody of the kids, you're coming home to no kids a good part of the time and you're not with them all the time and you don't have the kind of freedom you have right now to just be with them and tuck them in bed every night and stuff like that. That's at risk when we overly engage in pornography. 58% of sex addicts suffer significant financial losses. And this is a direct tie in a third lose their jobs altogether because 70% of pornographic traffic is on the nine to five workday. And your employer has the right to know what you're doing on their network and with, with your computer, which is really their computer. There's a 300% increase. So four times the marital infidelity among sex addicts is not. And so your pretty good life that you think you have right now, and you probably do, is all at risk when you engage in indulgent pornography. That's victim number one, is your pretty good life as you know it now. And victim number two, as we talked about last time, is your sex life. Because as you're with your woman, your wife, who gives herself and opens herself to you, and you are there, and she's this warm, real person, and 
she's imperfect because almost none of us are married to, you know, gals who could be models on the covers of magazines or anything like that. Most of us have real women that have more of a shape than that. And they've had some kids and they don't look like that. And as your mind vacillates back and forth between the images you've taken in, whether it was in magazines years ago or whether it's online today, and that, that real warm-blooded woman who's actually giving herself to you, it makes your ability to maintain and to perform sexually much more difficult. And so those are the two victims, Brown, we talked about last week. And victim number three is related closely to this. Your wife, guys, is an absolute victim of pornography. And here's how your wife is a victim. God has given you somebody to be your helper. And you know that text for helper is sometimes translated someone like an ideal helper or someone who really compliments you, who really fills in the gaps that you have. So your wife isn't supposed to be just like you, and she's not supposed to think that you're the best thing out there since, since oxygen and sliced bread. She's supposed to compliment you, which means she doesn't always agree with you. Well, for us guys, sometimes that's really difficult. And we imagine, right, that these gals online, the gals online always look like they want you, or the ones in magazines years ago, they look like they want you. They don't. They don't want you. And we talked about this last time. Almost all of them today are there against their will. They've been, I, I don't know if kidnapped is too strong a term or not, but they've been um, led into this life of sexual trafficking, and they don't want to be there at all. But they look online like they want to be there, and they make you think that, that sexuality should be much easier than it is with your wife. Because you know what? You have to work to keep your wife happy with you. You have to woo her. And this is, when I say work, I'm kind of putting air quotes around that. This is not stuff we shouldn't have to do. This is the way God has designed it. Our wives are like a puzzle. And one of the frustrating things about it is the puzzle pieces keep changing. They change shape, they change size, they change color. And we're just trying to scratch our heads all the time trying to figure out the puzzle. Well, guess what, guys? That's what marriage is really about. That's how women are. But it's a gift from God. It's a treasure that you're, you're just constantly trying to find where this treasure is. But your wife is work. And she needs to be able to warm up to you to be able to engage and respond to you sexually. Well, that's a lot of work. And the women online don't look like they need any work. But you know what, guys? They are not real. I'm not just talking about the physical forms you see. Okay, yeah, there's a girl there with that body. But that woman, the attitude that you see online, the way we imagine they would relate to us, none of that's real. That's completely an imposter versus your wife who is real. But your wife is work. And our wives are supposed to be work. And so your wife is absolutely a victim because when we find what we're looking for, and I'm using the word find very loosely here, when we find what we're looking for and we indulge and engage in pornography, we stop working to relate to and woo and endear ourselves to our wives. And our wives are an absolute victim when our attention is spent somewhere else and we give up on the idea of, of uh, warming of getting them to warm to us and so just being nice to them all the stuff we did when we were dating we stopped doing that and and this plays a huge part for guys that are sucked into it this plays a huge part because it creates a standard in our minds that no one 
no real woman lives up to no real woman. I, I cannot say that strongly enough. There is no real woman like that, not for real, but we think there is, and it, it takes us, it takes the edge off and, and makes us uh, less willing and less interested in really pursuing our wives. Maybe that's the right word for it. We stop pursuing them. So that's victim number three. Okay. And how about number four? Number four, guys, is your kids. We talked about that before with your pretty good life, but this is a huge part of your life. You know, I want you to think about, I don't know how old your kids are. Maybe they're grown, maybe they're little. If you got little kids and you're, you're at home with them every night and you're tucking them into bed, I want you to think about the idea of being in a little one bedroom apartment someplace where you're not tucking them into bed at all. And those little faces, like I picture my kids when they were young, I can picture all of them when they were little and I would tuck them in bed at night. I can picture my grandchildren today. I want you to picture those faces tucking them into bed or just having them there at dinner every night. You're risking that because if your family implodes because of your sexual addiction or your porn addiction, you're not gonna have them there with you anymore on a day-to-day -day basis. And you're not gonna have them there with their mom anymore if your family implodes. And even if you've got grown children, I, I don't know, I, I can only imagine this. I think Brian, one of the things that God's given me is an ability to imagine what something would be like without actually going through it. But if I picture my adult children, like if I did something that cost me my marriage and I picture my adult children, like they just wouldn't understand that. I'd have a lot of explaining to do. I'd have a lot of reconciling to do. And my relationship with them would be fundamentally altered. And I don't think I could get, I don't think I could get it back to what it is today. I just don't think I could ever get to that point. And so for, you know, the, the brief pleasures that it seems like pornography might bring or sexual addiction might bring or even real adultery might bring, because a lot of this pornography ends up in adultery, you're risking an awful lot. And so you're risking the lives of your kids. And it's not just your relationship with them. I want you to picture them going to sleep without their dad in the house, going to sleep without having the relationship with grandpa that they might like to have, or your teenage boys and girls not having you as the kind of daily and nightly influence in their lives that they ought to have from you. You owe them more than that. And your kids need more than that from you. And so you're risking not just your relationship with them, but you're risking, I would use the word upending. You're gonna upend their lives and rock their world. And I don't mean in a good way, uh, for a few brief moments of selfish pleasure on your part. So that's victim number four. You know, and I, I uh, what you talked about, about your imagination taking you into the future, like playing the tape forward, yep. you know, like your life's a movie and you're fast forwarding to see what the consequences would be. I've, I've always done that. I've always been able to try to count the cost or think about something, especially if it's something I think might be a wrong decision, you know, what what would be the repercussions? I think if more men did that, I think it would help stop it, you know, and this is what you're trying to do here, help them think about what could happen. I think that's exactly right, Brian. And you know, it brings to mind, there's there's an exercise I do with men that I, I, I would stop short of saying I really enjoy doing it, but it's extremely effective. And I, I ask them to imagine somebody who's fishing or hunting. And so let's just take a fisherman and I'll just give you a little tiny piece of this exercise. But if you think about a fish looking at that nice juicy worm on the hook or whatever the bait is, it looks so good. And you know what guys, we are the fish and Satan is the fisherman. 
and he's putting bait in front of us all the time that looks really, really good. And I got to tell you something, Satan is really good at what he does. We would do well not to short sell how good he is and how effective he is at what he does. He's been doing it for a long time. He's been doing it, guys, a lot longer than any of us have been walking on this earth. And he's really good at it. And put yourself in, in the position of that fish and you, you grab for that worm. And next thing you know, you're in pain and you're being led somewhere you don't want to go. And that's exactly what this will do to you. You're looking at a piece of bait online, maybe, maybe in real life. I don't know what form that might take for any of us who's listening to this, but you take that bait and you are risking a tremendous amount. And you think about that fish being all of a sudden in a fight or flight sort of mentality, that's where you're going. But it never looks like that on this side of taking that bait. It never looks like that. It seems so wonderful, but that's really what's at risk. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're up to victim number five. Well, victim number five, I hope every one of you listening to this podcast has a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And there is only one. There is one uh, beloved son of God. He's, he is fully God. He's been with God since before creation. The scriptures say that he is our creator in John chapter 1 and in Colossians chapter 1. And at the same time, he created us knowing that we would sin. We would, we would take the fruit. We've been sinning ever since. We're really good at that, by the way. And we're just talking about one dimension of it here on, on these two podcasts. But uh, Jesus Christ has paid the price for your sin. But when I think about how God works, you know, God's not limited by time. Time is a created dimension created by God, and we're limited by it. We can't go ahead of it or go behind it. Uh, we're, we're in this every second, one second goes past. But Jesus Christ, his death on the cross paid for the sins of all mankind who believe in him, who have faith in God. And that goes before the cross into Old Testament times, and it goes after the cross. And I think for that reason, as I try to get my head wrapped around this, Brian, I think that sin is very here and now real to Jesus Christ. I mean, I think he's, you know, he's, he's everywhere in time all at one time. But when we sin now, I think that's another, another brick on the load that he carried on the cross of our sin, basically. And so that's just not a pretty picture when you picture what he did for us at the point of salvation. And if you guys that are listening don't know uh, that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, who is Lord of the world and Savior of all of those who will simply accept his gift of salvation uh, by God's grace through their faith, I would implore you to reach out to somebody who's referred you to this podcast or you know, email Brian. I don't know, Brian, if there's contact information out there or not, but get in touch with somebody and find out what the gospel is. The gospel is literally good news. Absolutely. That's victim number five is Jesus Christ. Mm. Okay. And number six? Number six is um, the girls that you are seeing on screen. Yeah. You know, that video or that picture may have already been taken, may already be done, but all the men, uh, and I'm going to say men, all the people, we know it's not only men who are involved in trafficking. Uh, we certainly learned that big time from this whole Jeffrey Epstein disaster, uh, catastrophic for the women involved in that. But it wasn't just him. He had a female accomplice with him. But the girls on screen that you're seeing, they're victims because you are rewarding those who have abused them. 
and they are absolutely victims of what you're doing. And victim number seven is similar. Victim number seven is hundreds of thousands, maybe millions, I just don't have a good feel for the scope of this, of girls who will be victimized later because of a market you're helping to create. Every time you take this stuff in, every click, every ad revenue that's generated online, it's not my area of expertise as to how all that works, but I know clicks equal dollars. And every time you click, you are creating a market for those who abuse women who are on screen and they are then motivated to suck more women into sex trafficking and this sort of abusive, um, horrible, catastrophic situation for them by what you're doing. You're creating a market for women who have not even been abused yet because you're part of the demand side of this whole thing. And mm. what a mess. Well, um, you know, we've, you've made a great case for the problem and how catastrophic it is and how it's, you know, destroying lives and all that. And, and that it is part of Satan's tactics, you know, to steal, kill and destroy, I think. Um, so what, what is a man or even a woman, what do they do? What do they do if someone's listening to this right now and they find themselves caught in this? I mean, besides stop it, you know, um, and maybe they'd say, I don't know how to stop it or whatever. Where, where do you go from here, Scott? I think, I think the idea that guys don't know how to stop it is very real. I, mm -hmm. I wish it weren't the case. I don't, I honestly don't have a lot of experience with um, what those resources are. I know I've heard of Sex Addicts Anonymous. I know I've heard of Celebrate Recovery, or I think it's called Regeneration, the similar ministry from Watermark. I know there's others. Mm -hmm. I think influencers, honestly, would be a great place to start for, for guys and gals that have that available to them. I think one thing that's so important is we can never assume that we have equipped. Like this is not a, a clear and present problem for me. This is not, this is not a near-term issue for me. But the but I am I interested in the female form? I'm absolutely interested in the female form. I need to be focused on my wife's female form. But do I do I limit it to that? Of course I don't. All of us, I think, have some kind of attraction that falls outside those boundaries. And I I really think Paul knows what he's talking about. Of course, he knows what he's talking about and everything he wrote. But in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, he writes, if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Mm -hmm. And I want to, this, this reading this verse always brings me a, a pretty fun family story from the past, Brian. We lived in a house one time that had kind of a family room in the back of the house and living room on the front. And we had a, a, a Bradford pear tree in the front. And I don't know if you guys uh, that live in Arkansas and Oklahoma probably know Bradford pear trees are this fast growing tree, but they're really soft. And none of them live more than about 15 years because they get so big that a big windstorm comes up and it literally just snaps it off, you know, a couple of feet above the trunk. I mean, every Bradford pear tree is destined to die in the same way, which is being snapped off by wind. And so our daughter, Katie, she's probably 10 or 12 years old at the time. She came through the living room after we had a storm and she came running back into the family room and she was so excited to give me this news. And she says to me, dad, we're dangerously in trouble. 
Now, I don't know where those words came from, Brian, but you know how your kids will say something and it becomes part of your family vocabulary from that yeah. moment on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'll say this to, I say this to my wife, I'm like, Hey, are we dangerously in trouble? You know, just whatever it is, just, just for fun and passing. But Katie came back and she said, dad, we're dangerously in trouble. I said, why? She said, come and look, the tree fell on the house. Well, this Bradford tree had been snapped off. It hit the house. It really wasn't damaged. We pulled down some guttering and, and cut the tree up and hauled it off. But I've never forgotten her words. And Brian, you know what Paul is telling us in 1 Corinthians 10, 12? This, this honestly gives me a chill. I'm just thinking about the guys that might be listening to this. Guys, if you think you are standing firm, you are dangerously in trouble. I mean, when we think we don't have to worry about this is when we are dangerously in trouble, is when we are most at risk. Because in our hubris, right? In our, in our um, unfounded self-confidence, we think we have it whipped. And what Paul's saying is, if you think you've got it whipped, you be careful that you don't fall, because right then we are setting ourselves up for it. And Satan is watching. And he will wait decades for us to let our guard down, and then he will strike. But the next verse right after that, in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, this is just a a fabulous verse. I mean, I, not, I don't try to rate verses in the Bible. It's all the inspired word of God. But this verse, Paul writes, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. By the way, guys, that means I'm really sorry to burst your bubble. You're not facing anything that no one has faced before. Anything you're facing has been faced by gobs of people and gobs of men before you, and it'll be faced by lots of men after you. Paul goes on to say, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can endure it. God doesn't make us take the way out, but what Paul's saying is he will always provide a way out. There's a pastor in Tulsa named Darren Spoo of First Baptist Church down. I heard him give a sermon one time where he said, it's not correct to say God will never give you more than you can bear. He may give us more than we can bear, but he will provide the way to endure it. And I think his interpretation of this verse is spot on. And I also mentioned, Brian, if you don't mind, I mentioned maybe an eighth victim. When I, I posted recently, when I gave this talk on pornography to the anchor here in Tulsa, I posted it on Facebook. And I had a woman ask me what the topic was. I don't usually tell what the topic is when I give this talk, because I, I think the guys who really need it the most won't come. They're, they're too embarrassed to come. And so I, but she asked me as a comment. So I did reply and I did say it was on pornography. Another woman, um, she and her husband and their three beautiful children, Beth and I have had as guests in our home. And I, I will not, um, I won't reveal her name, but uh, she messaged me and she said, you know, Scott, I have a story to tell about this. It was a very lengthy message, but the essence of it was she'd been married once before and her first husband was a sex addict and a porn addict and thought he could, he could kick it. And at the end of the day, he couldn't. And without giving too many more details, uh, they ended up divorcing. But it left scars for her that have had to be dealt with for her and her new husband, who is a fantastic guy. This, this couple, both of these people, are so special and best in my book, as are lots of other people that we know. But I had no idea about this past. And so 
not only the seven victims that I could imagine, but she was telling me, look, you know, my husband now, who's a fantastic guy, has been a victim of this because he's had to deal with this with me and we've had to work through it together. Wow. I thought, <clears throat> you know, there's all kinds of stories like this, Brian, where there are, I'm sure there are dozens, if not hundreds of other types of victims than what I could imagine. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> when you were talking about the verse about um, God's faithful and all that, I also thought of the verse in Hebrews, it says, we have a high priest that's been tempted every way that we were, but was without sin. So we can approach his throne with confidence because he, he knows what we've been through basically, you know? And so uh, that, and it gets back to what you said about Jesus is the key, you know? And I think, you know, from an influencer's perspective, you, you mentioned influencers as a resource. If, if somebody comes to influencers, we're going to, we're going to take them into a journey group. We're going to take them into a process where they start immersing themselves in God's word and they start understanding who they are in Christ and the Holy Spirit's going to start showing them areas that need to be cut away and pruned. And if porn is one of those things, that's something that the Holy Spirit will be working on with them. And, and people will either press into that or they'll cut bait and run, you know, and say drop out of the group, whatever. Um, but we're not a, we're not a, a porn recovery ministry. We're not a deliverance ministry. But yet those things happen. It's funny, the power of abiding in Christ, which you know we're all about, the power of abiding in Christ is the Holy Spirit can help you with whatever it is in your life. Do you agree with that, Scott? Oh, without a doubt. I'll tell you something that's interesting to me, Brian. I think a lot of times when we're evangelizing somebody, we think that the most important thing we can do is get them out of a pattern of sin. Like we have to help them get out of adultery or pornography, or we have to help them get out of homosexuality, or we have to help them get out of addiction of some kind. That's not the most important thing. <clears throat> the most important, what they need is Jesus Christ, because Jesus knows exactly what they need beyond that. He knows exactly how to clean up their life. We might be involved in that, or we might not, or there may be other people or resources that are involved in that, but what they really need is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah, and uh... And when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, um, he sends his spirit to you and the spirit has power, has That's power right. over sin, has power over addictions and all that. So, and you know, Brian, uh, Ephesians tells us, I'm pretty sure this is in there somewhere else too, but Ephesians uh, tells us that when we become believers, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. And the idea of the seal, in fact, in Ephesians, Paul says we're sealed with the Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing our redemption. That seal, like, like Holy Spirit is indwells us and he's he's not going to leave us and you're right he he will provide that nudge and the lead that we need to not do things we shouldn't do and to go in the direction of things we should do yeah well any uh we're kind of almost at our time any any final comments about this topic there's so much you can talk about um but anything else i'll tell you the only thing i would do since i know this is the second um half of this topic is just refer these guys back to something we talked about in the first half at the beginning. And guys, adultery and sexual addiction and pornography, I would refer you to Proverbs 6, 27 through 29, which is a vivid word picture. I want you to imagine this in your mind. Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? So is he who sleeps with another man's wife. No one who touches her will go unpunished. 
and then bridge that to Matthew 5, 28, where Jesus said, I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Guys, when we dabble with this, when we engage in this, when we indulge in this, we are as if, it's as if we are scooping a giant handful of hot coals into our very lap. None of us would do that. And it doesn't look like that, but that's really what it is. And I think that's the thought. I, I don't want these guys to forget this word picture, Brian, out of Proverbs, because I think it so illustrates the danger of this. You picture yourself scooping up a whole bunch of red hot coals and dropping in your lap. That's really what we're doing. Well, and I also like Job 31.1, which you quoted last week, um, where Job says he made a covenant with his eyes not to look lustfully at a, at a young woman. You know, and Job was considered the most righteous man on earth at the time, right? I mean, that's why he was chosen for that great uh, task of getting to go through all that trouble. But uh, I've heard a talk on that years ago, and they tried to turn the 311 into 311 instead of 911, 311. You know, like anytime, a, anytime you see the temptation come and remember 311, you know, and remember Job. That's and, good. You know, and so anyway, there's, you know, and people who do all these resources and all that, they, they really know how to help people in those areas and have accountability groups and accountability partners and all that, and, and even protections on their phone and their devices. And I've heard of all sorts of great, you know, resources on that. So I'm sure people can, can look for that as well, you know, so. Yeah. Well, Scott, thank you for your time, man. I love, I love hearing your uh, insights and I, I love it when you give talks too. And, and I will bring this up and I don't think you'll mind me saying this, that you like to be used and so you love to be invited to speak to groups if somebody and you've got a lot of topics that you talk on bible topics and and you know books of the bible and 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 this talk you know this talk that you do on on pornography so uh so if uh, if anybody's interested they can contact me and i can put them in contact with you is that all right oh i i would love it brian i'll tell you what and to anyone listening i've got a great job my job pays the bills I never charge anything for this. I speak and teach because I love doing it because God lets me do it. And yeah, I would love to, I'd love to know if there was an opportunity to help somebody out. Yeah. And Scott's out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, but you know, he's, uh, he's willing to travel possibly. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, men, women, couples, there's lots of, like Brian said, there's lots and lots of different talks that I do. Um, there are very few that are really only for men. I've done marriage retreats and parenting and all kinds of stuff. I'd, I'd love to know if there's a way I could support your group. Awesome. Thank you, Scott. All right. Well, this has been the Influencers Network podcast, and uh, we do these just to uh, to share wisdom with you, to help you on your uh, abiding journey, and and also just to encourage you from God's word and with testimonies and all that. So uh, hope this has been beneficial to you. If, if this has really uh, sparked something in you, you can, you can reach us through our website, influencers.org, and uh, I'll get you in contact with the right people or we'll find people that live near you that can help you as well. So we've got a big network of people all over the country, even in some other countries. So uh, feel free to reach out to us if, if we can try to help you with anything, any of this. Uh, you can also find other podcasts that we've done on any of the, any of the podcast uh, networks that are out there, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, you know, um, Google, all of those, we're on all those. So you can find other episodes that we've done. So anyway, I'm Brian Craig. I'm the executive director for Influencers Global Ministries. And I'm gonna keep urging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.
with me.